I don't want freedom of movement. I want everyone's feet to be encased in stone. Yeah. I want Chucker and Moon's feet to be encased in stone and then for him to be tossed off a bridge. <laughs> That's my stance on freedom of movement of one specific man. <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode 19 of We Don't Talk About the Weather. Hello. Political discussion that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, I'm here with Hugh. You've already introduced yourself. Hello again. (laughs) Um, We're here to talk about what's been going on this week. We are. This week. Yeah. This week. A little bit back to normal. Uh, As in, there wasn't the kind of usual, except the usual massive labour coup. Yeah. You know, <laughs> weekly coups, that's what they promised. Um, it's what tri- we got. What happened this week? Um, oh, yeah, Omega Weapon turned up in Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, I got drunk. Yeah, you've just made me some delicious, delicious curry burst. Yeah, I'm getting better. Which, uh, that means you're actually, you're actually technically going to have to apply for one of those settled status EU cards. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm getting now. too good at cooking European foods. <laughs> um, Stick to pasties, mate. <laughs> I like pasties. <laughs> Can't eat pasties anymore. Um, most, yeah, most of the news this week has been on Europe and yep. the Brexit negotiations. Yep. Um, and how Jeremy Corbyn cowardly, in a cowardly fashion, didn't support Chuck Ramuda's plans to make the Labour Party seem like the Liberal Democrats. <laughs> so we had the Queen's speech and yeah. we had the vote on the Queen's speech mm-hmm. in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Subtly inserted into this was an amendment from Chukaramuna um, talking about guaranteeing that in the Brexit negotiations, Britain wouldn't lose access to the single market. This was voted for by around 50 Labour MPs, including three Labour front benches, who were promptly sacked. Thus reigniting the whole right of the Labour versus left of Labour kind the, of schism. The whole again. reason Chukaramuna did it was because he wanted a job in the Shadow Cabinet after the election, mm. and they said, fuck off. Yeah. Because, first off, he's a snake in the grass straighter. Yeah. So next off, he's really stupid. Mm. Like, really stupid. And he's a right-wing Lib Dem. So why would he be in Corbyn's Shadow Cabinet? Yeah, I mean, like, they will... He, on a, t- a strategic level, Corbyn has had to forgive... A number of the people well, who I mean, he, he was gave... forgiving all the way along. He was the the, play, the room. It was always open yeah. to letting people back yeah. in. I mean, people made the point that oh, he voted against the whip a lot of times. Later, uh, yeah. he put a whip on the Queen's speech yeah. uh, elect- like uh, vote because you yeah, know, he voted against the whip did. on things like war. Well, also, he wasn't a front bencher while he did it. Yeah, it's like. For a lot of commentators who've been around Westminster and that very peculiar way of doing things, yeah. They seem oddly kind of intentionally naive about a leader of a party sacking front benches who voted against him. Yeah. It's like, you know, they all do that. They yeah. always, always yeah. do that. Also, <clears throat> in our system, not everyone in the party has to vote with the leader. Otherwise, there's no point in electing MPs. You literally just have your president. Oh well, yeah. No, but the thing is that that's the way it works. Like yeah. uh, admittedly like the the British system was founded on the idea that every, one person would come from every area yeah. and vote like that. But the party system means that if you put a whip on the vote, you are expected to otherwise you will face consequences. Yeah. But what it means is 
it, there really aren't that many consequences unless you're supposedly in the cabinet. And when you're in the cabinet, you're supposed to be properly on yeah. board with how it's all supposed to be going. They picked the perfect fucking time as well. Three weeks out from the election. Yeah. Four weeks out from the election. And they're doing it again because they won't, they won't give up. It's no. one of those things of, there's a lot of discussion around, oh, who should, who should, who kind of erred in good faith and who is a snake in the grass? Um, Clive Lewis erred in good faith. Yes. Yeah. He was annoyed by something that happened. Maybe yeah. he's a good guy. Maybe he's not. We'll but see. It's, but it's not yet. Yeah. It's not our time to tell yet. But yeah, Chuck Ramuna didn't get one because he's, he's been like that for so long. Yeah. And if Cooper, it's that thing with, um, there's a bun, there's a selection of Labour MPs mm. like Yvette Cooper, Chuck Ramuna. Um, who are the other ones that they think are really talented? Um, well, Kit they Starmer. keep talking about fucking Jess Phillips. Oh yeah, but she's but, not talented. But they have I don't the, think they, she's talented. Like, the media's got this idea in their head that these people are great speakers mm. and they're great communicators. They're really good at convincing you of their ideas, and they're literally the worst people. Do you know who? They're terrible. Do you know who they didn't manage to convince? The 70-odd percent of the Labour Party, yeah. of their own party, who voted for Jeremy how Corbyn. Many did, how many did Yvette Cooper get? Fuck all. Yeah. How many did um, Jess Phillips get? Did she run, even? No, it wasn't Jess Phillips. It was, um, what's her name? Rachel Liz, Liz... Kendall. Liz Kendall. That's it, the one on the tank. Liz Kendall, Andy Bird. Liz Kendall, who, for what she was saying during that Labour leadership election... Might as well be in the Tories. Oh yeah, definitely. There's there's no point. Yeah, she's... but they still haven't got they still haven't got the memo. They still haven't understood no. that things have changed. And the reason things me, haven't changed. The radio... Jeremy Corbyn tricked everybody. <laughs> he bribed them. He bribed all those stupid children that just wanted money <laughs> for nothing. Uh, if you could just bribe people, uh, then it would be really easy to. <laughs> What do you mean I'm going to slash taxes, corporation tax? <laughs> it's not the same thing. No, you see, what we were intended to do is we're going to win the favour of one guy <laughs> and cost us an absurd amount of money. <laughs> but what you were saying about the media, the reason is because they're them. Mm-hmm. Because they're comfortable with them. Mm. You know, they've, they've, they've gone to the same schools and not to over kind of overemphasize the similar backgrounds, but they're, they could... You could see them swapping roles and doing okay at that because they know the same yeah. set of skills because they've been in the same places and, quite importantly, they're of the same class. They're of the mm. same class segment. Yeah. Um, the Guardian are one of them. You know, the Guard- Guardian journalists generally. There was a huge argument about um, Polly Toynbee this week. Did you see that? Um, oh, someone, did you see the... Uh, someone, who dared was it? To, someone dared to say that Polly Toynbee was a centrist. Yeah. <laughs> And then Polly Toynbee and a lot of... Poly, well, some Helen Lewis got very angry at the very notion of calling Polly Toynbee a centrist. <laughs> and so someone just posted the... Um, Her standing for the actual SDP? Yeah, the Wikipedia entry for that election where the, the amount of votes that she took for the Labour Party meant the Conservatives got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the best thing about that was, was it, it all stemmed... Yeah. It all stemmed off an argument about... Um, uh, minimum wage and Hen- Helen Lewis um, I believe she's deputy editor of the New Statesman yes yeah, she is she's um, one of the many uh, saying um, oh have you ever you know have you ever uh, where's your book on minimum wage <laughs> Pro- trying to prove Assuming. Polly Toynbee's um, credentials and someone posted an excerpt of Polly Toynbee's book about living on the rough side it was her in her life but she had to live on however much the minimum wage was then 5.75 or, or yeah. 6.20 or whatever it was um 
And it was like, ah, oh, I go to the supermarket and sometimes I overspend by £100 or so. But I'm not a profligate spender. Fillet steaks and Dover soles are only for a treat. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Helen Lewis is it a proper beautiful. piece of shit. Go a bit off topic now. But um, she complained about thingy Corbyn quoting poetry. Mm. She also said, um, there was a thing that Corbyn said about um, there's like a story... There's a story, a book, a song in all of us. Or something. Mm. I don't know. I think it's like from the Shelley mm. thing. And she's like, no, Jeremy, you'll encourage them. Like, no, no, not for them. Not for the working classes, is literature. I'm being a bit facetious here, but aren't they supposed to be the educated middle classes who value education above everything else? Education is the way out of poverty. Up until a point. No, not want, not welfare want... reform. We want education, education, education. No. What the New Statesman wants is for... The, the people who work for them to be educated well enough to be able to read and pronounce things like I don't know, Anchovy <laughs> but not to actually be on the same level as them educationally <laughs> they want them to get to the point of university maybe and have a university degree but not, then not be able to get to you know the next stage where they are they want to know what Chipotle is but not be able to pronounce it so yeah. that they can correct them oh yeah they <laughs> oh I bet you there's nothing that makes Helen Lewis get happier than when someone says Chipotle. Oh, and she goes, delicious, actually, delicious Chipotle. <laughs> and it is Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle sounds much better than Chipotle. <laughs> Dick Edramuna. Yes. Yeah. Fucking everything up. Yeah. For nothing. It wasn't going to win. Of course he was never going to yeah. win. And it's... I was having a conversation with somebody who's a real kind of hardcore Remainer. Is mm. is one of those people. And he was like, oh, it, it was so close. We could have, if we could have just, you know, uh. and I did it. Close I, at all. And it, it was so close. If only we could have. It's like, we don't even know, like, what that single market means. And also, have we not thought to actually analyse what the single market is? The single market is the thing that drives up all the drug prices for the NHS. Yeah. The single market is the thing that um, punishes people, punishes state providers for offering lower prices, non-competitive yeah. prices. It's like it's the not... single market is the stuff that won't let us get our choo choos back. Yeah, um, but I think it's that thing. There's a lot of people, the people, all the people I know who are staunch remainers. Yeah. The main difference I've noticed between their lives and ours. Yeah. Is. As hardline lefties, we've always lost. Yeah. So the idea of losing and then just pivoting and readjusting to what life is now. Yeah. That's just second nature to us. Whereas they don't lose things. Mm, yeah. They always win. Yeah. Clinton's the best president. But all, they've always got a uh, a little. I mean, you see it in America now with the resistance and the the liberals in America. Mm. They've always got that little like bit of uh, compensation. Mm. So it's like, well, we're smarter than them. Yeah. So now we can like let go of all the the red states and we'll just like govern the blue states as like beautiful technocratic utopias. Let me just step over this homeless man as I do it. Yeah, but they're not even smarter than them. The book they go on the most about is fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, and the book that the like some of the hardline right winger Pepe types in America go on about is things like fucking Nietzsche and um and Mein Kampf. And those books are significantly harder to read. <laughs> If you've read Mein Kampf, as I have, <laughs> you would agree with my one-star review on Goodreads. <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, they're better books than Harry Potter, but what I'm saying is actually probably as I get older, Mein Kampf is a better book than Harry Potter. <laughs> and I'd have a better conversation with someone who likes Mein Kampf than someone who really likes Harry Potter and has a fucking one. 
Yeah, I mean the actual negotiations themselves. Moving on from the actual yeah. the actual vote, uh, the 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 Queen's speech vote. The actual negotiations themselves are going as most people correctly thought they would, and it's a fucking. It seems to be a fucking car crash. The Tories have no good negotiating position because they don't know what they want. They want no. everything, but they don't want everything. No, that's the thing. So what they want is actually the position they were in before the referendum where they actually had control over borders <laughs> yes. and they actually had all the access to the single market. Yes. <laughs> what they want is British exceptionalism in the EU. Yes, what we want. We want to be part of the EU, but we want to control some of it. Yeah, the problem is the Tories are like the worst people that you'd want to be negotiating this because half their party really love free markets mm. and the other half are protectionists that would make like a world war one era like state state leader blush well, it's ironic because most of their political heroes are world war one state leaders i'm actually being attacked by one of my cats now <laughs> so current talking i'll just put it somewhere there we go um yeah there was something that came up about um like there was going to be some kind of agreement where once the withdrawal was signed, um, Britain would ha- there would be a clause in it that Britain would have to pay a lump sum if they kind of withdrew- if they withdrew any of the rights that they had agreed in the in the contract itself. Okay. And it's it's stuff like that that she has to deal with, may has yeah. to deal with, but can't sell no. in any way. No. Like having gone as hard as you can against what the EU is. And it's a problem of Remainers as well. Like they've they've got the exact opposite problem, where they've sanctified the EU as this shining progressive beacon. And it's not. And it's really, really not. No, you just like, need to see what Merkel did this week. Yeah. It was like, yeah, they they <laughs> voted to um, they voted to pass equal marriage, mm. but Merkel still doesn't like it, and she hates it, and she voted against it. And yeah. She still thinks that marriage is between a man and a woman. Did you see that um, that thing of like? The, the, the cheerleading of European leaders, mm. uh, like, regardless of who they are, regardless of where they're from, and it's not, you know, Podemos, it's not Syriza, although, you know, Syriza mm. has had its yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not any of those countries. It's not Portugal, no. anything like that. It's the big ones. It's, it's, the, it's, France, the, it's, Germany. The, it's the adults. The one that gets me them. is, it's, it's like France, Germany, and it's that meme where you've got, like, um, oh, it's Trudeau Merkel, as well. May... And Macron with like Trudeau above them, mm. and it's like you do realize first off Trudeau's a piece of shit, yeah. but also he's the president of Rinky Dink fucking Canada. <laughs> it's, it's fucking Canada. But it's because it's because they're they're projecting because they're in their own countries they're they're marginalized for the first time and their compensatory like I say their psychological kind of compensation just isn't working anymore. No, because with Corbyn. And the resurgent left, a lot of those people have a better have a better kind of idea of how things are. Yeah, the ground has shifted, and they have remained firmly, firmly planted. Mm. It's it's just fucking embarrassing. The, oh, it is the, really the worship of like Angela Angela Merkel is the same as most German chancellors. Is that she's a solid centre right Christian conservative, as yeah. they have been since Helmut Kohl. Yeah. And probably before, I don't know much about German German politics, to be honest. Well, maybe but, no one chancellor. Yeah. They're the, they're, like, what was the thing this week that they had the gay marriage vote in Germany? Because progressive, 
centre-left, sensible Germany had not yet had a vote <laughs> on gay, gay marriage. Yeah. And she voted against it. It was yeah. forced by one of her coalition partners. Yeah. Um, and I don't... I just don't get... I don't understand I, it. Like, it's divorced from any kind of substance at all. Yeah. I think the language barrier with between English and German has allowed a lot of people to lionise German politics and yeah. like talk about how great how great it is. But it really isn't. Like, I like Germany. Germany is a is one of my favourite countries. I would love to go there, yeah. I like going to Germany significantly more than I like going to France. I like France, the country. I like France the, is hot. I like the France place. France is too I'm not hot. In the north. Yeah, but then I might as well just go to fucking Kent. It looks the same. And they don't want me there either. <laughs> but Germany, I, Germany's nice. Germany's fun and the, the beer's better than it is yeah. in France. If you're talking about, like, yeah, like, aesthetic things, like food and drink and... Germany's enjoy, buildings are significantly prettier. Yeah. They, they survived the war, mainly unscathed. <laughs> Except for a couple of them. And the rebuilds are really gorgeous. Especially around East Berlin. <laughs> I like East Germany. Of course I like East Germany. I like the aesthetic of concrete. It's gorgeous. <laughs> if it's properly maintained, concrete's fucking beautiful. There's nothing I wrong with it. don't mind it if it's not properly maintained. God, as an aside, um, I know like Sam Chris was tweeting about this, but I actually, I, I'm not just cribbing off his Twitter feed. I did actually read this Facebook page before before he tweeted about it. What? There's a Facebook page um, called Traditional Architecture. Hmm. It's an alt-right um, uh -oh. architecture thing and Paul Joseph Watson actually did a YouTube video about like um, how they're trying to how modernists try to convince you that ugliness is beauty and like all of their things are like pictures of cathedrals and then the like glass towers that replace them but Rowley Road Estate is really gorgeous yeah exactly. yeah it's like really gorgeous it's stupid pretty <laughs> it's, you know it is you know, yeah. the one, you know the one I mean with the like um, I was talking to someone today and he said like it's one of the longest forms of um, one of the longest examples of formed concrete in the world. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. It's mm. so pretty. Um, and the Barbican. Yeah. Even like um, down on the South Bank like the South Bank Centre of yeah. Queen Elizabeth things they're all pretty pretty. But it's Concrete's also, awesome. It, it helps that they're like they're functional for what they're designed for exactly. as well. Like, I mean I'm, I'm, not, I'm starting to like get quite a bit more interested in architecture and things like that. But... Because you're an old man now. Huh? Because you're an old man now. Yeah, I know. Totally, you yeah. bought jumpers without hoods. Yep. It, yeah, it's downhill. Um, and yeah, the, the, all of their stuff is like, ah, these modern glass and concrete buildings lack the beautiful geometric natural. Natural. They mm. like that because cathedrals. Yeah, mm. they're natural as they opposed are. to other buildings. Is they're there, not natural. Name me a single thing more natural. Than a cathedral built in a country where they were naturally not Christian. <laughs> there is nothing more beautiful <laughs> than like than some of the cathedrals in London, built with stones from India. <laughs> but those these people are like ah the geometric shape of a cathedral. It's like have you ever seen a fucking cathedral? They're a nightmare of yeah. shapes on the outside. Yeah. Um, like, the, the ridges, the ridges, and the columns, and the fucking things going everywhere. I bet he doesn't like the that um, the one in the Sagrada Familia. Yeah, which is the prettiest cathedral. Mm. But I think I, I like a cathedral. I got nothing. I got nothing against. I've got nothing I, against what there's something, there's something I quite like about, um, especially like some of those big religious, those. It's there's something really disgustingly stamping your foot down, showing off about them. Yeah, that I think is quite pretty. It's nicer. Yeah. I, I prefer it to the steel and glass because it, it's 
more effort has gone into it. Unfortunately, more people have died as well into it. <laughs> there's more blood on it. But there's more of a... There's definitely more of a thing about, like, well, they're not... They're not arguing that these buildings are for humans. They're arguing yeah. that these buildings are for yeah. a posterity, are for... Yeah. That they're no different to a painting. Yeah. That they're there to be admired and mm. controlled, as opposed to the more modern buildings, which that's less the case. Yeah. Well, it's like, oh, also, that's thing with a church. Um, I used to know a vicar, and the heating bills on churches are through the roof. Those things are horrific. They are not designed <laughs> to be lived in. No. Um, mm. How do we get onto architecture? How did we get onto architecture? What I don't know. But anyway, freedom of movement. Yeah. Freedom of movement. Um, Chakramuna doesn't believe anything he says. He never believes anything he says. I yeah. think he, I think he's probably quite good at convincing himself that he believes it literally as he's saying it. But then I think he probably goes back to just being a void afterwards. I mean, it's the the danger of trusting the Labour right on things like like all of the Europhiles putting their trust in the Labour right. The dangerous thing is they will betray you as quickly as they betray Corbyn. So if you Ooh. genuinely believe in freedom of movement, not just as an ability to go on holiday, yeah. but as a fundamental human right, as the only way to actually ensure that you can keep a kind of a population kind of in flux and, and, and moving and like alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the naked political reality that going against freedom of movement or, or saying that we're going to have controls on immigration, but we're going to let the good ones in, fundamentally means life's going to get shitter for real people yeah. who do not fit into those categories. It's like a categorization of humans. One of my problems with hardcore Romani people when they talk about freedom of movement mm. as being this, like this inherent human right, mm. is they use it as a they use freedom of movement in Europe as a get out. Yeah, because. I would. I have more of a problem with. I don't like the way that you, how hard it is to get into Europe. Mm. I'd have freedom of movement everywhere, which might make me seem insane to mm. some people, but not to most lefties. I know. Yeah. Um, because the the amount of people that die on the European border trying to get in. Oh yeah, the fortress Europe. Yeah. Um, thing is fucking horrific. Yeah. Europe, the EU directly is responsible for thousands yeah. of deaths over and the last supposedly five ten years. Pro immigration. MPs, yeah, who've pushed the line of against like, un like the bad kind of immigration, which yeah. is the browner kind of immigration, yeah, for ages, and that's so dumb. It's just don't trust them because they're the ones who put controls on immigration on yeah. a giant stone and on a mug. Yeah. Also, Chakramuna never put your trust in Chakramuna. Yeah. He'll see his party die mm. before a left winger runs it. Mm. So he'll because he'll betray them because to get his own way. So what's he? What do you think he'll? Give a even slight fuck about you. Yeah, if if you're a kind of Remainer Lib Dem stroke voting Labour when you feel enthused by it, mm. I just uh, yeah, I I don't get it. Mm. I don't and I don't like it. the free market anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of the free market. Yeah, it I don't I don't like it. It affects people in a very negative way. Yeah, if we're there are gonna... certain things that are useful, like you can get I don't know Italian beer cheap here. Yeah, but that does also mean that. It's um, that workers get paid fuck all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bigger. It's a definitely a bigger problem than just the single market. It would mm. mean moving towards abolishing market capitalism, mm. yeah. reining it in, and then abolishing it. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's a weird one. That's but, the Labour Party and their yeah. travails. Speaking of centrist leaders, I think that's maybe where we got to. 
Okay, yes. Um, the Trudeau, Macron, and uh, Merkel, Merkel, May, and May, because May was included May. in that as well. Oh, the May two what? Ho- two homophobes, a per- um, two homophobes in the two women, um, a person who hates gypsies in Macron, <laughs> and I assume well Trudeau doesn't like indigenous peoples, mm. so. I am. Yeah, so yeah, this, it seems like a fine gag you've got there. Aside from it's anything... Like, it's like the planet... Um, is it um, Captain America... Captain Planet? Yeah, it's like the Captain Planet team, except there's no heart. That's the thing, there's literally no heart. They don't have the little Mexican boy. <laughs> well, yeah. that's when Nick Clegg walks into the <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> that man has no heart. He sold it. Um, yeah, Macron this week. Are we oh going to go with calling him God. Macron, the robot? Macron, I don't... He's Macron. Macron. Ma- Macron. Macron. I can't... Say it like you've got a mouth full of butter. I can't do that. I'll do, can I do it a couple of times and then revert to Macron? He's Macron. Macaroni. He's Macron, the robot. Yes. The robot, the god king of France. Macronius. <laughs> yeah, so on um, to Macron. On to Lord High King Macron. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It's been a so, good week for radical centrists. <laughs> man, there's there's an article uh, in GQ where he lays out some bizarre personal philosophies. Well, he he didn't give a speech on Bastille Day. Oh yeah, he He's said be um, because he was Day. too smart, too smart for journalists. His views were too his views nuanced. were too nuanced. And for I, journalists. when I read that, the first thing I messaged to you was. Ha ha ha, he's a monarchist, isn't he? He's yeah. a monarchist. And it turns out... But, like... The my man Macron, he might not be a monarchist, it's but not, he might. He thinks he's God. He's, it's not like he's a monarchist in a traditional sense, because the one country you can say definitely doesn't have a what you would call a traditional monarchist position is France, for very well, well-documented historical reasons. But, um... Yeah, so this GQ gives, article... He gives this GQ article. Was it an um, interview in GQ? It was, yeah, sort of. Was he interviewed by the yeah the um, sentient Victorian doll Rupert Myers? Um, I don't know actually. Let's uh, Eleanor Halls. I don't know who that is. Okay. Um, but yeah, some some key some some choice bits from it. Um, Emmanuel Macron says France is still reeling from the French Revolution, and this is his quote. Democracy is always presented as if it were incomplete because democracy is not enough by itself, says Macron, elaborating that there is always something missing in the democratic process, some sort of void. In French politics, this absence is the presence of a king, a king whom, fundamentally, I don't think the French people wanted dead. (laughs) I don't know. There's some musicals written. Well, actually, to be fair, the musical was written by a guy from Liverpool. But um, (laughs) there's there's some some books. There's some paintings. The revolu- they seem pretty happy about it. The revolution dug a deep emotional abyss, one that was imaginary and shared. The king is no more. According to Macron, since the revolution, France has tried to fill this void, most notably with Napoleon and then Charles de Gaulle, which was only partially successful. The rest of the time, said Macron, French democracy does not manage to fill this void. I think you'll find that the French tried to fill that void with wine and animal cruelty. <laughs> I mean... And in that they have succeeded. I don't... Right, I don't know... I like, I don't, haven't read enough of it, but I like reading like French philosophy where they talk about things like voids <laughs> and the negative and the negative naturally depressive. <laughs> and all of that thing. Yeah, it's super fucking depressing. Oh, yeah. 
You just um, want to sit around in a dress shirt, nothing else, chain smoking, eating croissants, and whining on about how sad you are in black and white photography, don't you? This is a post-racist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit, you can't be racist against the French. We're all French in this country anyway. <laughs> Easy there, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Do you deny that that is exactly what Seth MacFarlane would, have say, would, make, would say about French people in one of his popular animated programmes? No, he'd say they were cowards. I don't yeah. think they're cowards, I think no. they're drunks. <laughs> I think there's an awful lot of them that like a drink. Sure. I don't say that as particularly an insult, though. <laughs> um, the thing is, he's right. In, his, in the democracy that we have got, there's this huge gap of sovereignty. In the, and it's not happened... It's only happened recently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a kind of consensus liberalism... Mm. that has existed in these countries for most of the last 20 years, probably since the turn of the millennium or the fall of the, the Berlin Wall, yeah. whatever. Um, the old cult warriors, they got out of the way, and what came after them, after the kind of more harsh years of Thatcher and Reagan and, and things like that, was a kind of more mediated, basically a mediated cruelty, a kind yeah. of a kinder neoliberal capitalism. Yeah, it was a, a smile while they take yeah. your benefits. and... Part of their project, Blair, Clinton, all that lot, was to kind of, um, they would appoint the right administrators. So we'll have organised technocratic capitalism and we'll appoint administrators who will be kind of kinder. And their authority comes from the fact that they're experts, that they have expertise in something, welfare reform. And the problem is now, you've kind of reached the end of that, where whenever they say something, you can't possibly believe them because they've been wrong so many times yeah. and because they've taken such um, horrific actions. Also, if you know the, one I mean. of the things, when you have, like an ex, for example, an expert on welfare reform or mm. like a good example actually be an expert on winning elections like John yeah. McTernan yeah. who ran, he fucked up um, the Gordon Brown when he was in charge of the Labour Party, fucked up that election. Uh, I think he was in charge for the like, yeah, the, yeah. The Labour election. Yeah, and he was like a Blair yeah. And he fucked up the election for Julia Gillard in Australia, mm. but he went over there as a supposed expert. He went over to Canada as a supposed expert and got them lost, as, made them lose as well. Yeah. But because of things like the internet now, we can quite easily watch a, when a supposed expert just sidles up into town yeah. with his snake oil cart behind him. We can literally see where he's come from and the town's burning. <laughs> so when it's like, hey, I'm a welfare reformer. I just come here from Portugal. <laughs> and it's like, hang on a minute. No. <laughs> no. Well, you know, they turn up and it's like, I'm a, I'm a freedom protester from Venezuela. As they parachute in with a machine gun, <laughs> yeah, they've they've they can be they can be tracked. We remember yeah. now because yeah. there's an actual record of everything. Well, we remember um, like years and years and years ago, but mm. without the when when the internet wasn't around, and I don't like being all like the like technology free us kind mm. of stuff. But when the internet wasn't around, you'd you'd hear about this stuff from going to a meeting somewhere. Yeah, and someone would relay an anecdote. Yeah, yeah. But which is why you used to have like the goss- the gossip pages and Private Eye. Yeah, used to be a, a bit more kind of essential for yeah. like actually understanding what people did and remembering because mm. they were the ones who documented all that stuff mm. and remembered what people had said previously, like Chuck Ramuna saying three months ago about freedom of movement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he he he's right because in the last two or so years all of those edifices all of those institutions symbols whatever you want to call it of liberal good governance yeah have 
all fallen away. You've yeah. got people with um, direct like kind of personality appeals. You've got celebrity culture interfering between people who are really really good at homework and their <laughs> the, their policy areas or whatever. Yeah. So like I don't think he's right about I don't know what the fuck he's talking about about De Gaulle and. Uh, uh, Napoleon well, try, like, trying like that, to trying like to that, fill a void. I think it was he, like that picture of him um, standing in front of standing in front of that desk that then someone put around on the internet with. Oh, like, they annotated it, didn't they? To show how his like, official oh, picture. Look, his De Gaulle books, because you know he, he's a he's an avid reader or something like that. It's like no, the man's a fascist. <laughs> his shining eyes, his glorious chin. <laughs> yeah, it's like ah, oh, look, he has he has a load of. Books. He has a load of De Gaulle books, isn't that? It was like. Oh look, he has was, two phones. That's because one of them's for his mistress. But it's why it started to become more like um, uh, Harrisbussy, like reading the entrails. Yeah. That pi- that picture exactly like yeah. exactly illuminates that. It, like illuminates that failing perfectly yeah. because they're like, ah, oh, he hasn't got many papers on his desk. That means he's not going to be concerned with the details. I'd find out. And it's like, I'd find what out, the fuck are you talking about? Isn't that his whole thing? I'd find out significantly more about him. From going through his entrails and from yeah. the stage photo, you'd find out more about <laughs> you'd find out more about him by going through his Wikipedia page and drawing your own <laughs> conclusions based on your own experience. Yeah. You're not the stupid ones; they are. Yeah, because they think that this shit works anymore. Yeah, um, he. But, but yeah, he's he's come out with quite a few. Um, so I've got more. Yeah, okay, um, give me that uh, well, sweet sweet dose of liberalism. Emmanuel Macron, liberalism. <laughs> Emmanuel Macron on the burkini. Yeah. The burkini is not cultic. What? Okay. It is cultural, ideological, and political, says Macron. Who remains balanced on the issue? How do you be... What? The background to this is that a number of French mayors, um, including the... I think it was the French socialist mayor of Marseille, who ran in the election, Hamon, Hmm. um, banned uh, burkinis, which are kind of all over swimsuit, uh, yeah. Things for Muslim Muslim women who want to observe and go to the beach at the same time, yeah. and they started banning them, yeah, because they want to promote a cultural war between Muslims and non-Muslims. Yeah, uh, that's um, the only that's the only reason it well, makes people it it does make people feel I uncomfortable. I don't think they want to ban them to encourage a cultural war. I think they want to. I don't think they're smart enough. I don't think they see look for that far ahead. What happens is the most vocal old man shouting at them. They yeah. want the vocal old man to stop shouting at them. Mm. It was like those all those old men on the um, Question Time where Jeremy Corbyn was on, and we were all shouting at him because he didn't want he wouldn't say exactly where he was going to nuke. Puce coloured men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he continues on the burkini. While he believes that the burkini ban was justified in certain areas, as so as to maintain public order. Public order. That the garment is against civil beliefs of gender equality. He was vehemently against the incident which saw French policemen <laughs> order a woman... All I can think is just, it's just a French president. His harsh stance on, if women are allowed to be topless on all the beaches. <laughs> Fucking bellend. He's a centrist. Get him out. Um... The garment is against the civil beliefs of gender equality and he was vehemently against the incident which saw a French policeman order a woman to remove her burkini on a beach in Nice following the terrorist attack. To defend secularism in such a backwards manner runs the risk of alienating whole communities. It is vital to defend people individual individual freedom to wear what they like. I don't understand. What does he think about the burkini? No. Like, I know, I, I always wanted to, I always want to go beyond, like, I know they fucking waffle. Yeah. I know they equivocate. Oh, right? but he's a Everybody knows waffler. that, right? And I want to. I always like 
when we're talking here mm. and when I'm reading things, I want to find out why. Mm. But I can't get, I cannot penetrate that. He's because he's a TED talk. It's not. He's culty. literally a it's TED talk made flesh. There were too many people watching TED talks, and they birthed him with their minds. Either either it's okay to wear a burkini, or it's not. Yeah. It's not half okay. You can't half wear it. It's not one of those things where you can wear it some places and wear it not like not wear it others. Yeah. You know, you either have a universal rule or you don't. You can't yeah. means test a fucking piece of clothing. <laughs> Goes without saying, the next paragraph, and Emmanuel Macron is a centrist to his core. For Macron, there is no such thing as absolute truth, only the multiple journeys that seek it. Like the great French humanist philosopher Montaigne, Montaigne, sorry. Macron advocates the need to balance one opinion with another, hence his centrism, and maintaining a certain level of scepticism when assessing knowledge. It's what allows influential politics to escape nihilism and all forms of cynicism, said Macron. Sole truth, with the extremism it implies, is not a way out. I guess that he has some views on the truth of cutting public sector jobs yes. and banning uh, trade unions' right to strike. Yep. Because they're not allowed to strike still, are they? Because, the um, deficit. because, because, they, the, because of his enabling act. <laughs> well, the, um, the, I think the, the excuse is that there'd be a target. Yeah. Target of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he has some staunch... It's like he's a centrist to his core. Except when it comes to anything interrupting the free flow of capital. Yeah. And then, good God, I bet you he'd be more in favour of the bikini. He'd actually come out in favour of the bikini if they were a big seller and made a lot of money. Here's the weird If they were being made yeah. in France. Oh, yeah. Here's the weird thing, right? I was reading an article today by Emmett Renson. Mm-hmm. He's a very good writer. And he was talking about how... Lib- like we talk about and how everybody's talking about how liberalism's gone mad, right? Yes. Um, and he was talking about the kind of opposite to Trump and saying everyone was like looking in all their old like uh, books on Nazi Germany and fascist Italy about, oh, when is Trump going to pass his enabling act? And then he didn't. And then where are his like authoritarian edicts? And then it, he just proved himself completely unwilling to actually manage anything because he's yeah. a massive fucking goof yeah. and a fucking lazy fat bastard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all this time, these people have been praising Macron as the way out. And in the past two weeks, Macron has indicated his willingness to kind of cut pub- the public sector, cut welfare and hamper trade unions. He's already operating under France's version of the Enabling Act, which enables presidential motions to go through largely uncontested in the state of emergency. And complained about the fact that there isn't a king. Yeah. What is that... Um... The reason why Trump wasn't actually ever going to do that stuff is because he's King Ralph. Yes, yeah. Whereas Macron... Nah, King Ralph was nice, though. He just wanted to party. Oh, yeah, he's a shit King Ralph. Yeah. Of course he's not as good as, as the actual King Ralph. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> there, was, um, there was a thing I saw about Macron where he said... Da, 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 Macron himself has said he plans for a Jupiterian presidency <laughs> as a remote, dignified figure like the Roman god of gods. Just think... Let's think of other presidents, high chancellors, that have compared themselves to, like, the Roman Empire. (laughs) Um, Like the Roman god of gods, who weighs his rare pronouncements carefully. It would be a marked break from his unpopular and often mock predecessor, Francois Hollande's Man of the People style. But Jupiterian president. Who was mocking his Man of the People shtick? I mean, Hollande didn't seem to... uh, He worked for Hollande! Yeah. 
Yeah, but Hollande didn't seem to move quite like he was elected as a socialist or under the Socialist Party, whatever that is in France. I believe it's a lot more right wing even than the Labour Party is right now. Yeah. Um, but he didn't move quite that far along in actually breaking neoliberal capitalism. No, not at all. And who was mocking him? It mm. was the people who liked Macron. Yeah. They said that Hollande was, you know, he was ugly. He had those problems with his girlfriend or wife, didn't he? Oh, no, that was... Um, um, that was, And this isn't me being racist about the French. That, they're pretty, they, they don't really care about No, 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 they don't. But, I mean, um, Mitterrand, yeah. Mitterrand had a string of affairs. Well, the, um, the Hollande thing, and it did make me laugh because it did seem so stereotypical French, like something you'd see in, like, Yes Minister, where he literally was trading his wife in for someone who looked the same as her, but it was, like, 20 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> he was going there on a moped as well. Be more Parisian. Um, so, like that Jupiter, um, that Jupiterian. Um, well, yeah, and all I can think with that is comparison. Um, he needs. That means he'll be like Julius Caesar. So he needs the man to sit behind him in the chariot, whispering, "You are but a man. You are but a man. Remember, you are but a man." So stop him from going insane. But because he sacked him, because there would be a public <laughs> sector job. <laughs> He's going to lose his mind. And that's why he's coming out with shit like, well, no, it's well, per- I think France needs a monarchy. It's actually a perfect motif for liberal centrism as it exists now, in that they are the little boy behind the actual <laughs> rapacious forms of capitalism going, not so fast, not not so hard. That's a bit cruel. Don't sack all those people. What do you mean privatise healthcare? Oh. <laughs> but like that, um, that Jupiter um, analogy got me like reading up about like Jupiter, the mythical god figure, mm. the Roman god, um, to search for funny, funny comparisons. And there's not a lot on Jupiter because he was kind of mainly cribbed off the Greeks. Yeah. But there was one thing on the Wikipedia page about Jupiter's role in, uh, like, the worship of Jupiter and his role in something called the secession of the plebs <laughs> in uh, ancient Rome, before mm. a few hundred years before Caesar. So there were a couple of, like, peasant uprisings in Rome and whenever they would rise up, they would automatically gather a few soldiers and go up to the Temple of Jupiter to kind of gather around it because it would offer them protection. Okay. Um, and every time they got coaxed down by it because the, the kind of nobles kind of worshipped it as well because he was mm. the god of gods. He was like king god. Yeah. Um, and every time they would go up and uh, like gain some small concession and eventually be persuaded to kind of filter away. And it's just like, yeah... Kind of perfect, isn't it? Yeah, it does kind. Of, yeah, I did see. Um, also, a thing about him being kind of like Hitler. Um, this was today. French President Emmanuel Macron on Monday said he would go directly to voters via referendum if Parliament does not vote major institutional reforms quickly enough. In a much-touted policy speech to both houses of Parliament, which was strong on broad principles but carried little concrete announcements, <laughs> no shit. Mm-hmm. The new president confirmed he wanted to add a dose of proportionality to future parliamentary elections. He also confirmed he wanted to cut the number of lawmakers by a third and scrap a special judicial court that judges ministers. I want all the all of those deep reforms that our institutions seriously need to be done within a year. It's like that um, <laughs> manifesto you read last last week. With the, yeah. I want a hundred billion houses by next week. <laughs> Um, Macron told lawmakers. Except this is something he can do really easily, and it's yeah. taking away democratic oversight. <laughs> These reforms will go to Parliament, but if needed, I will put them to voters via a referendum. <laughs> oh, he's a filthy dirtbag. Which Jupiter is short-ass as well. 
Three uh, well lifts. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like. I did, I kind of thought he was just going to be another kind of liberal kind of. Yeah, I thought he was going to be like Nick um, Clegg. He was going to be yeah. He was going to be a Nick Clegg, but it's like he's doing insane stuff. When are you gonna turn on him? Not oh, people are turning on him. When are, no? When are, when are liber- well? When are the people who write in newspapers gonna turn? Oh, on Oh, but him? they love that shit. They love a strong man. It's just they don't like Vladimir Putin because he's bald and he goes around shirtless. <laughs> he's like he's um, Macron is the perfect example of uh, why the reason why liberals will deal with it will accept a lot of shit from him is because. Vladimir Putin gets kicked out of the pub because he's not refusing to wear a shirt. Yeah. Whereas Macron, he's wearing like a... Liberals, just judging on appearances. Yeah, he's he's wearing the tie. (laughs) He wears the tie. Like that stupid fucking Tory this week in Parliament said he wouldn't answer questions from someone who doesn't wear a fucking tie. What what is their thing? I don't get it. Like, they... You're not wearing the uniform. Most of the people... If everyone in there wore a tie, you'd say, I'm not accepting any questions from anyone who's not wearing a half Windsor. But like... None of them in there are like the stereotype of the doddering old colonel mm. anymore. Well, not many of mm. them. Some of them are young doddering colonels. There's a couple of them. But like most of them were born in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. At the least. Yeah. As, what is their thing with their attachment to these weird totems of respectability? Because that's all they have. Oh, God. That's all they have. And Talking so about sources of rules. sovereignty, we've gone from a basic kind of rule of law, uh, like a source of authority being like the rule of law or evidence-based policy to have you got the correct clothes on. Yeah. That's what I genuinely... I think that Macron could do all kinds of horrific shit mm. because liberal governments do and they won't say a fucking word because he'll look... He'll be well presented while he does it. Another thing that reminded me of that I was looking up um, stuff about the uh, the Louis the Sixteenth. Which one was he? Uh, he was the last king. He was the one who was executed. Was, he, which one was the, the, my favourite one? The Sun King? Louis XIV. Oh, the one who ate like um, absurd amounts of like birds and pork for breakfast. Yeah. Just to put on a show. My king. <laughs> um, sure enough, but respect for Mark. A couple of yeah. times after the initial um, rebellions, uprisings mm. and revolution, um, he would come out wearing the, uh, the kind of revolutionary cockade, like the little <laughs> button um, on the hat and say, yeah. I am one of you and wear like the peasant's hat. The uh, the I can't remember what it's called, plan planure, something like that. The liberty cap, okay. the kind of weird one that curls at the top, but like a Smurfs hat. Oh yeah, yeah, with the little like revolutionary button to yeah. show he was one of the people, and he had listened, even though they had cut down his powers and everything. They had a parliament. Mm. He was one of them, and it's like it's a modern equivalent of that. Oh my God, it's NATO socks. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is. Except except they can't even judge it right. So they've got like NATO socks. Ah, I'm finally one of the people. Yeah. (laughs) Have have you ever met anyone, like anyone who's not really into politics, Mm. like a normal person who says, you know what I love? NATO. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most common description of NATO from people who aren't that bothered about it is, well, it's there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a... It's not a positive, strong endorsement. Well, yeah, it's like, it, to be fair, it's that depressing thing. It's like, their opinion on NATO is, well, it's there, mm. and brr, Russia. And then their opinion on um, Trident is exactly the same as Nelson Muntz's mm. of nuke the whales when you got to nuke something. <laughs> but yeah, Macron is... Uh, he's is going to do some bad shit. Uh, it's it's, it's, gonna be it's surprising. He's being... Fuck strikes. Because if he banned strikes, they'll just happen. They'll just happen anyway. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that... The, it's, it's the best thing about the French. Yeah. They love to strike. That's why I never say they're cowards. They love striking. <laughs> yeah. I... I don't I don't get how he's gone in so quick. And he's got he's just he's still equivocating like all of them, except he's slowly gathering powers around himself. Mm. Which is a weird kind of thing. And I'd I'd just I'd like to see if people are gonna still cheerlead him in two years' time when, you know, he's done those free market reforms. When he's done when he's put a load of people out of work. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, do you know they will? Well, no, they, they they will still cheerlead him with the people in work. But I'm talking about more the things that they like. Mm. It's definitely been a, a, a kind of thing. It's like, well, all all of them are all of all of the ones who come out now with horrific shit. It's like, oh yeah, you were the conservatives that they brought in during that kind of liberal yeah. technocratic project. Yeah, yeah, and they probably won't say a word about. The public sector unions, but I mean, even the the, the stuff that they like, mm. you know, the kind of cutting down of democratic proceedings and oversight and things like that. It's fucking weird. It's been a weird week for that kind of stuff. Mm. Macron does annoy me. Mm. It might be that I do romanticise people like Robespierre a bit <laughs> too much, maybe as possibly my favourite revolutionary Frenchman. Weird thing is, if he didn't, I think if Robespierre hadn't held the beliefs he had, you would consider, or if he was in a modern context and wasn't like a, a, a revolutionary, a radical, he's, he'd fit in perfectly. He was a very finickety kind of yeah, he was. details-oriented lawyer type, you yeah. know? <laughs> but all I'm thinking is... Now Marat, that's <laughs> where it's at. What I'm saying is maybe they should have literally got rid of the French aristocracy root and branch. They tried their best. God knows There's they so tried. so many of them. They there were so many of them. They just, they, they just went abroad and yeah. came back. And isn't there still some people who... Isn't, I'm sure there's a bloke at the moment who says he's still like... He's the rightful king of France. Oh, yeah. There's still there's still ones around. The, 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 Monaco. the, the rest of the, the Bourbon family or whatever. <laughs> They're not the Bourbon family. They are. Really? The House of Bourbon, yeah. <laughs> was the last... Uh, was the last uh, dynasty. <laughs> That's not laughing at the French, it's just laughing at royal families. <laughs> They're so stupid. <laughs> oh. It was a lot. Oh. <laughs> it's the just... noble poor bourbon house. <laughs> I will fight and die for the bourbons. <laughs> it's just like, ah, yes. Liberalism, liberal, liberal democracy lacks a kind of mystical essential core. <laughs> a kind of story it can tell itself to justify its own... It needs its own mythology. It needs a story to justify its own existence. Let's choose the Merovingians, who believe that they were sired from a fishbull creature <laughs> tricking the wife of the king and siring the Merovingian dynasty with its fishbull blood. That's like how the Merovingians, the original kings of France, the first kings of what we would know as France, um, that's their founding belief. That's fantastic. The fish balls. That's fantastic. <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe we do need something like that. Maybe we need a strong centrist politician who says he came, he sprung into life because a god took the image, took, took the form of a bull and raped his mother. <laughs> what I'm saying is less kind of urban Protestantism, more rural paganism. Yes. Which brings us ni- right nicely back round to pagan labour. Ah. <laughs> oh. That, that, maybe that's what they, they should do with like the people like the Jess Phillips, the Chakrabudas. Put them in a wicker Sacrifice man. Sacrifice them to our God. <laughs> Put them in a wicker man. To ensure the crops. Yeah. No crop's gonna No crop is gonna grow where we scatter Chakrabuna's ashes. That's a good point. 
Just nothing. It would just mm. it would grow and it was like, oh look, tomatoes. It changes its mind halfway through and becomes corn. <laughs> okay. Now we're gonna go on to an article I read this week uh-huh. about a thing very dear to both of our hearts. Yep. A brewery. Uh-huh. Well, a pubco. Yeah. In London. Mm-hmm. It's not Weatherspoons. Oh. Sam Smith's. Ah, Sam Smith's. Um, outside Most of London. Affordable pint. Yeah, outside of London, they're not as. There's some around like. Um, around there's Yorkshire a load and stuff. around Yorkshire, around like the brewery's in Tadcaster, and there's yeah. a load in Yorkshire, but there's a big gap between Yorkshire and then there's like, like 20, 30, 25, 30 in London. I think. Yeah, there's loads, and they are super cheap. Mm. Um, that's the that's the that's the salient point there. You have to understand it's so fucking cheap. They're more expensive now. Yeah. But like when I first moved to London, when I was fifteen, <laughs> going into the punk song when I was only fifteen. <laughs> um, when I was eighteen, it was I think it was about eighty nine p for a pint of bitter. Yeah. When I first came to London, it was one pound eighty, which was like two thousand and. Uh, going on for seven years now. So about yeah. 2010, 2011, yeah. um, it was pound eighty for a pint. Yes, yeah, so it good. Amazing. It's still only about two seventy. Yeah, it's still cheap. Like yeah, it's still well cheap. Um, but they've been get they've been going kind of downhill for a while. Yeah, like, I uh, our I, favorite one was the Blue Post, and that started to get a bit weird. I think the clientele changed when they got rid of the post office. Oh yeah, it had a huge post office opposite. Yeah, it, and, um, yeah, it was it was a nice. And place. then they, I think they went for a couple of landlords. But the thing is, the quite one, a lot of them, the the pipes have just been getting real. Like we're getting like like sounded like proper old men. Their pipes aren't clean. The and thing a is, of the I always want to really give I always, shits. The, I always want to kind of avoid like talking about pubs too much because I enjoy like going to the pub and that. Mm. But it does make you sound like a kind of like pub bore. If you, it makes you sound like the real ale yeah. gits from um, Viz. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but the last time I had, uh, the last times, but a couple of times that I had a couple of pints near where I work, um, I had to get off the tube to just throw up everywhere just because it was so filthy. Yeah. Was, um, cause that's at the red line, mm. isn't it? The one that's near your work. And what's sort of the things that's, that most Sandsworth pubs have? I think virtually all of them in London. Yeah. They're all very traditional old pubs, like lots of wood. Yeah. Brass fittings, wood. Yeah. Very comforting. Yeah, yeah. Dirty. Yeah, Dirty. yeah. They're filthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the bloke who runs it, a man by the name of Humphrey Smith, who I only okay. just found out has, like, the pubs, Sam Smith pubs, have nothing to do with the brewery, Sam Smith Brewery. Right. Wh- whose beer they sell. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's tried to sue people for using the Tudor Rose... Which is like their little symbol. Oh, the Yorkshire Rose, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, White Rose. Yeah. But, okay, so he did a thing. He's done a thing. He's an old man. He's 72 and he's quite mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten quite obsessed with him in the last week. I'm trying to get onto a website. I couldn't get it working earlier. Where people who work for him complain about him. <laughs> because it seems that he's quite the mental case, as you shall hear. Because he's banned swearing in all of the pubs. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of them. Um, the owner of the 300 strong chain 72 year old Humphrey Smith has introduced a no swearing policy at every one of his establishment at last week's it was enforced in dramatic fashion last Wednesday at 9.30pm some colourful language at the bar of the Arlington Hotel in North Yorkshire resulted in a mystery man yelling everybody out he cleared the bar, locked the doors behind the customers only reopening again on Sunday customers were bemused now here's the thing he dresses up as a homeless person to go into his pubs 
<laughs> incognito. <laughs> um, to, to make sure that they're running to his rules. Just like a friendly pub spirit. Yeah. And one of the things he did a while ago, I think it was like in 2011, he shut one of his pubs on New Year's Eve because one of the, he noticed that the barmen were filling the pint glasses slightly too much. He kicked everybody out and <laughs> retroactively fined the landlord for lost stock. For like about 10 grand or something. There's a great picture of him here in this Guardian article where it looks like he's got like um, a load of chewing tobacco in his gum. <laughs> he's quite terrifying. Um, <laughs> when people phoned to find out what was going on, the only got a no comment. He doesn't like any of his landlords talking to the press. He doesn't like anyone who works from talking to the press. He's a very secretive man who dresses up as a, a tramp and tries to catch out his staff. Um, but yeah, banning swearing in pubs. The other thing he did was um, when there were floods in... That was it. It was a, there was, He was opposed to the construction <clears throat> of a temporary bridge over the River Wharf, which would allow residents to cross the town after a flood in Tancaster split a bridge and separated the community in two. Yeah. He completely opposed the construction of a bridge because it would be on his land. It would cost £300,000. He said it was a waste of public money. Despite pressure from residents, the town and county councils, the local MP, the mayor of Tadcast and even the prime minister, he flat out refused and it was built elsewhere. <laughs> so, you know, he just doesn't listen. <laughs> I've... That's a man who knows how to vote in an EU referendum. Ugh. Yeah. I've um, no idea what he actually thinks, but like I have an inkling. Oh, I've, I've go. got a reckoning. Here we go. The exact amount of money that he's... He, um, the retroactive surcharge to the landlord who was overfilling pint glasses, £10,733 for lost stock over a 12-year period. That's so specific yeah. that the man must be an arsehole. I've met... I, I've worked in a lot of pubs over the years mm. and sometimes you will find that pubs operate under their own logic if you just let them kind of work you actually don't need to manage them that much but people who like to manage them really really like to mm. manage them you know yeah it's um it's a steve 59 an hgv driver from oldham did not think much of the brewery owner i think smith is a complete idiot i mean why would you shut a pub at seven at night the man has a point um <laughs> Swearing in pubs. Yeah. It's like it's like the not wearing a tie in Parliament. Yeah. It's so stupid and outdated. I mean I would assume So I say outdated. I imagine there's been swearing in every single drinking establishment that has ever existed since especially in this country, since we first left nettle juice out too long. There's a um I've watched a programme on the Normans um, a few months ago. Hmm. It was a BBC one, it wasn't that good, but they did have a really good anecdote about how the Normans, when they took over kind of the aristocracy, aristocratic positions, hmm. they were very religious, very involved with the Catholic Church, and they would go off to pray. Hmm. And they were shocked that the Saxons didn't pray as many times as they did in the yeah. kind of early Roman church, um, that they preferred on a Sunday to... Um, go to the pub and mutter conspiracies into their ale pots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's exactly as it is now. It's just a... F I mean, you make the point about he knows what way to vote in an EU referendum. Yeah. But it is like that strain of... It, it's that inexplicable strain of capitalist, of business owner... Yeah. That kind of did those things he that, that like are the most 
prominent Brexit supporters. He seems like such an old-fashioned business owner. Like, I, yeah, I bet you he's like a, every caricature of a yeah. He's every caricature of a Yorkshire business owner. I bet mm. you he's got a whippet. Mm. Um, he probably wears probably wears a lot of tweed, and he probably has some very specific views on foreigners. <laughs> um, yeah, he it seem it just seems like such a weird thing, and it does seem like the kind of edict that would only come from a seventy two year old man who owns a load of pubs. It, 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 his social views are validated entirely by the fact that he has power. We look at them and we say, "Well, modern businesses don't don't uh, behave like that," yeah. as if business is disconnected from the actual people who own them. Mm. So yeah, like of course, you know, Capita, the people who whoever owns Capita, mm. um, don't behave like that. But their power is not different just because they have socially regressive views. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the kind of like um, the pinkwashing mm. with uh, Pride mm. this year. I think this is the first year I haven't actually accidentally been around Pride. Yeah, we've accidentally gone London. to a lot of Prides. We've accidentally gone to a lot of Prides. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't aim for it necessarily. Maybe because we like drinking in town on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So it's just bound to happen. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just a kind of, well, the ability of somebody to make change in the world in this world in this capitalist world is not predicated on their beliefs or the strength of their arguments or their mm. evidence it's based on how much actual power they have which yeah. means money yeah and means own ownership of the capital the thing that he reminded me of is i think it's just quite illuminating i don't want to talk about it. there was a there was a mill owner or a factory owner something in um northampton yeah philps I think was his name. Okay. But he owned, he had, he pretty much, he was the main employer. Mm. He built a load of houses that his employees lived in mm. and he charged them a huge amount of rent. Yeah. And on the corner of virtually every bit of this estate was a pub. Yeah. And then towards the end of his life, he suddenly realised that he's a fucking monster mm. because, you know, he's like, they literally he's taking all the money away from them. Yeah. You know, they're essentially in, um, in they're essentially slaves. So then he opened a bunch of churches, yeah. which I think they refer to in the area as Philp's Fire Escape. <laughs> and this seems like, I wonder if this bloke, um, Humphrey Smith, is going to do something like that. <laughs> like, a, like when he's he really going to turn gets all the pubs into, into um... cathedrals. <laughs> or mosques. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. After he, after he well, converts to Islam. After I read about... Um, how they didn't, they haven't stopped the northeastern infidels from drinking in some of their pubs. I don't think he'll be turning them into mosques. Um, but yeah, it's such a weird thing because it's like when actually when they brought in the smoking ban and we were both smoking, hmm. we we're very much of the opinion we both were of what the fuck are you doing in a pub if you don't want to fucking smell smoke? Yeah, go stand outside. I feel like that was swearing. That's very. But swearing very, doesn't give you cancer. It's very, very different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Swearing doesn't give you cancer, though. Mm. It's a thing that swearing is a thing that exists in all pubs. Yeah. Oh, it just it just seems so stupid. But it's you know, it, it it just shows you the level of control you can have. You could say, mm. oh well, it's his pubs; so he can do what he wants with them. Mm. But ultimately, if somewhere like yeah, okay, Sam Smiths don't have many places. You can always go to another place. Yeah. Other than Sam Smith's pub, but if all the pubs decide to do it. Mm. And it's not, and the argument against it is not um, their private spaces. Therefore, you get to do what you want. And hope, hope 
that some of the uh, some of the like responses to it were, oh, I don't understand it. We'll just go to other pubs. Um, it will drive down his business because that is bringing it back around the theme of the episode. That's the technocratic response. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to ban the death penalty because it's not a deterrent. And it's like, well, no, you ban it because it's immoral. It's not. The thing is, well, the reason I drink, say, for example, the reason we drink in like the glass house mm. isn't because well, it is a pretty pub. Yeah. But the smoking area is tiny and awkward. Yeah. And so we have to sort of like, um, it's because it's the cheapest. Yeah. And yeah. we won't, like, where else are we going to go? Because, yeah. like, normally what would happen is, say we were drinking at the post and we didn't like the post anymore, so then we started going to the red line, and then the red line stopped cleaning their pipes. So then we went to, like, the cock or the champion. Yeah. And they're all, they're all sounds with pubs. <laughs> and I don't want to drink in Weatherspoons on a Friday night. <laughs> because they're horrible places on a Friday night. There's nothing better than a Weatherspoons during the day. Uh, that There's nothing big, worse that, than a Weatherspoons at night. That big one down Tottenham Court Road isn't too bad uh, on a Friday. Isn't too bad, I say that advisedly. Not my taste, but you yeah. know. But um, and in London, with the way beer prices and it is like a running joke for years about the price of beer. In oh London, yeah, it's the first thing anyone ever says to you. Isn't yeah, um, I'd like to sometimes be able to have a pint for under a fiver. <laughs> um, and it it would be weird to see if um, other ones do it because I could see the dickhead who runs Weatherspoons being like that. Um, nah, because he's... well, they both had the same same stupid idea. They both ban vaping in their pubs because they don't understand it and, mm. and it confuses them because they're old men. Um, I'm not saying that everyone should be in there like with those sh- giant things, pluming giant Fog things. machines. Like yeah. But um, there's nothing wrong with me quietly vaping in the corner. It's not making me stand outside in the rain. Um, <laughs> I could see like him doing something stupid like that. He's he's mad. What did he do? He did something... Um... Oh yeah, Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like a camera Brexit dickhead. Yeah, like like a lot of these um, pub pub owners are. But it's it's definitely like I, I, when I was reading about um, what did you been reading about uh, what's his name? Uh, Humphrey Smith guy. Well, oh. Humphrey Smith and Witherspoon's guy. Um, J T. Witherspoon is that actually his name? No, no, no. It's the Tim Dickinson or Tim it? something like that. Okay. We've actually mentioned it before, and I can't fucking remember his name yeah. off the top of my head now. But yeah, it's um, you just realise how much. Of your life, how much power in your life is actually not controlled by you, yeah. even when it's not regulated by the state. Yeah, it's because um, we don't have really. We're not outdoor people anyway. We weren't mm. going to be hanging out on a on a field, but they they get um, like public spaces in London have <sighs> more and more fucking rules put on them. Yeah, but pubs were always a kind of a free space. Not like that sounds a bit silly. But you know, you, you could relax and mm. it at least be able to swear. <laughs> what the fuck? It's um, it's like it's little things. Like it makes me think that maybe he owns a Red Lion because it was where the um the the League of the Just used to meet, <laughs> and like f- f- early communism, it was it was born there. Maybe he hates it so much, <laughs> and that's why he's turned the pub into a shithole. Mm. I reckon we'll be able to get away with swearing in um in Southwick pubs though, because I can't see him sneaking in as a tramp in London. I bet you he barely leaves fucking Yorkshire. Yeah, but it's just a weird thing. It's a really weird, confusing thing, and also it just means that we have to nationalise Weatherspoons. Um, nationalise Sandsmiths as well as Weatherspoons. Yeah, Weatherspoons is a canteen. Yep, Sandsmith pubs. Um, also the state should own all that architecture. It's very pretty. <laughs> um, but. Oh, I'm really, I'm really angry about it. Because the last thing... I'd like, why will I go there now? Except when I'm broke. Yeah. 
They're not going to enforce it. Yeah. They're never going to enforce it. Yeah, but now, now I know how much of a fucking dick he is as well. And the but, more I read about him, like, I'm, I'm going to get some more stuff about him for next week. Yeah. Because there seems to be a lot of complaints from people who work for him about how much of a fucking monster he is. <laughs> um, he seems like possibly one of the most tyrannical business owners in Britain, which, mm. you know, that's a long list. Yeah. It's a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. It. That's a nice place to end. Yeah. Oh, oh, no more Sam Smiths. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where am I going to drink though? Um, just drink on the street. Yeah. Drink at home. Don't fall. Like everybody else is. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, all right, so that kind of brings us to the end. Yeah. Um, as usual, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at. Um, at uh, We Don't Talk About The Weather podcast. Yep. You can follow us on Twitter at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow me at bmbergamot.com. Mm-hmm. .com? That's not a thing. No, it isn't. At bmbergamot. There we go. Um, and you can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Yep. And that's been episode 19. Yep. Thanks so very much. Is. Cheers. Bye. Since they amputated my food